and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always become supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is episode 148. Today is March 15th. Yes, it is. The Ides of March. Because you're going to stab somebody. Hmm? Well, that's not nice. Beware the stabbings. It's we're not. It's not like a uh, full You know moon. about the Ides of March? No. I've heard songs called that. Hmm. I didn't know it was about stabbing people. Traces its roots back to ancient times, hmm. specifically the Roman calendar with Ides referring to the first full moon. Fuel <laughs> Very Irish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are, you sure, are you sure it's not the Swedish calendar? <laughs> the fuel mien. The fuel mien is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I took- sound like those two skeptical chips now. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. Hey, the- <laughs> my name's Dan. <laughs> was, that, was that a good one? That was great. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, he, he didn't I'm Dan. <laughs> uh, you made him too posh again. That's what they criticized this for. Oh, I don't know how to do it. He doesn't have a Cockney accent, though. No, I don't think we know enough about their fucking no. accents over there. Yeah, probably. I know. Not. I know. He says his. And th- I'm not. I don't really fucking care. Either. He says his. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. He says his th is like f's. So uh, whatever that accent is, with yeah, with yeah, with them folks, yeah. <laughs> That was like that was like the gaming lemon actually. <laughs> hey, they do sound similar. Do they? Yeah, I think so. We should definitely play a clip of the gaming lemon so Dan can oh, uh, can evaluate that. <laughs> the Ides of March took an ominous turn in 44 BC when Roman ruler Julius Caesar was assassinated on March 15th. Legend has it that Plutarch had warned Caesar that evil would overtake him by the Ides of March, something the overconfident Roman leader dismissed with a wave of his hand. Shut up, Brutus. <laughs> History says the conversation went something like this. Well, the Ides of March are calm, Caesar said. Aye, <laughs> they, just... they are calm, responded the seer, but they're not gone. <laughs> spoke so weirdly back then. I know, right? It's, I'm doing the accent the way this is the way they talked back then. Yeah, yeah, I, know, a, I, I know. He sure it wasn't like, aye, they come. Like no. Pirate? No. Uh, they, I, well, no. The Romans weren't, well. They were seafaring to a degree, but they weren't very good at it. They did plunder. Seafaring. (laughs) They were a fine seafaring folk to a degree. (laughs) Shortly afterward, that sounded South African. (laughs) Uh, Caesar was stabbed to death. His murder sparked a civil war in Rome, ensuring the Ides of March ominous reputation for history. Fast forward to the 16th century when playwright William Shakespeare used the legend of the Ides as a central point in his play about Julius Caesar. In his work, a soothsayer cautioned Caesar to beware the Ides of March. 
shortly before the emperor is murdered in the Senate. Shakespeare's turn of phrase lives on today, giving the Ides its bad reputation. Well, now I know. It should have a bad reputation for the shitty fucking malt liquor that's named after Oh, yeah. St. Ides, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty terrible. Never had it. It's the first thing I got drunk on. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think mine was uh, Labatt's Blue. Of course it was. I think the first thing I <laughs> the first thing I got drunk on was vodka mixed in something. Oh, that's a that's a rough start. It was I was well and I was only like twelve, I think. Yeah. I was thirteen. Yeah. My mom listens. I was no. <laughs> <laughs> So you can't disclose your age. Funny you should mention that because I was actually at a party with my mother. When you got <laughs> oh, I was like, you were at a party with Ryan's mom? <laughs> That would be weird. <laughs> and she, so she took me to this party with some friends that she had, and they were doing their thing, just hanging out in the yard, doing barbecue, whatever. And she's like, if you want to go drink, you know, if you want to drink, you can have one. And I was like, okay. So I went in a mixed one. I'm 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I don't know how these things work. Mm-hmm. So it was like mostly vodka with whatever other mixer there was. I don't even remember. And it tasted terrible for the first few sips. Also, who's serving a 12-year-old? Nobody. I was. Oh, oh you made yeah, it. Yeah, I made it. That, that, that's why the drink was so horrible. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it was really strong. And then I got really drunk right away, and she realized that she had made a horrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I don't know, I tripped or stumbled or something, and she's like, what are you drinking? What's in that? And she had me hand it to her, and she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you can't drink, drink vodka. <laughs> you can't drink this. And- but I guess I can, Mom, because I did. That's about all I remember of that party. Began a, began a long, long and happy tradition of Dan forgetting a lot of things that go on at parties he's attending. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was fun. So what did you guys do over the week? Um, I made a music video. Oh, did you? Kind of. For anyone in particular or just for shits and giggles? Uh, for Imagine Dragon for a contest. Oh, yeah? Adobe's got a contest going on right now where they send you all the raw footage mm-hmm. and you edit together a music video for them because it's it's Adobe's 25th anniversary of their editing software. Mm. So they're doing that. And if you win, you get $25,000. Well, there's, maybe you'll win. But there's hundreds of other prizes that go out like, hey, you get a free year subscription, which is actually pretty good because it's- A free year subscription to- a, The Adobe- uh, Oh, the, the, the software. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's not an inexpensive tool. No, no. it's not. What but is it, I, like four fifty, five hundred bucks a year? No, I pay fifty bucks a month. Yeah, it's monthly now. So yeah, more than five hundred bucks no, no. a year. Fifty dollars a month. A, a month <laughs> times twelve. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Never mind. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> wrong. I'm like, <laughs> that's that's six hundred dollars, Ryan. <laughs> but uh, just to buy like their Premiere Pro, the editing suite. Uh huh. If you buy it outright, it's uh, $1,200 around would it, that price. Would it help you if we used percentages in that? Yeah. <laughs> no, <thank you. laughs> oh, wow. Deep callback. <laughs> nice. But it's it's about $1,200 to buy the software and you don't get any of the updates with it. So when a new edition comes out, I get the new editions hmm. versus having to buy it again for another $1,200. That, that's a better band than Imagine Dragon. That's right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I want to make sure that we thank all of our patrons. We... We picked up another new patron this week. Uh, I want to thank Christy, Andrew, Wesley, Utah Outcasts, Taylor, Grant, and Savid, and our newest Patreon supporter, Ms. Andy Faulkner. Thank you all very, very much. Thank yes, you thank very you very much. much. Yay. I liked seeing that. 
Uh, I think it came in a couple days ago. Okay. Got the email. I was like, oh, that's for nice. <laughs> Thank you very much, Andy. And she's been in touch for a long time. Yeah. She's Oh, yeah. She's she, been talking uh, with us for, for yeah. a lot, a lot of months. Or- yeah, I think she's been a long time listener of the shoe. So I was very excited to see that. Thank you very much. Tonight we have a couple special guests. Yeah. We'll be speaking with Stu DeHaan and Michelle Short. They are the co-chapter heads. Heads? For the Arizona chapter of the Satanic Temple. That should be exciting and fun. I like both of them quite a bit. So I'm looking forward to that, and you all should as well. They will. Next week, we have Yvette Detremont. Yes. The Psy Babe on the show. That should be a lot of fun. I want to talk all about GMOs and homeopathy with her. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And, be good. And our mutual disgust and hatred of Vanihari. The food babe. Mm-hmm. I just wonder why homeopathy is even legal. Because they give politicians a lot of money. Wait, yeah. who's Harry Fanny? <laughs> who's that? <laughs> Me. I am Harry oh, Fanny. Oh. <laughs> I am Harry Fanny. Vanny Hari is the food babe who puts out a bunch of woo and pseudoscience and nonsense. Mm. It would also be like good to talk to her about vaccinations. David Avocado Wolf and vaccinations. And vaccines. Yeah. The vaccines, mothers, <laughs> not mothers. <laughs> I am to have my babel, not vaccines. <laughs> that yeah. should be a lot of fun, though. I look forward to that. If you've got any questions that you would like us to ask her, be sure that you send them to us as soon as you hear this, because you yeah. won't be hearing this until Monday at the earliest, unless you are a Patreon subscriber, in which case you may hear it as early mm. as Thursday. Probably not. Then it'll be Friday or Saturday. But get us those questions so that we can be sure to add you or add those questions to the list of things that we will ask her about. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Uh, after that, we've got Jason Stock the following week. That should be exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That should be a kickback fun episode. Yeah. All, all of our episodes are kickback fun. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> True. There was that one <laughs> or two. We've had, yeah, we've had a couple that were more <laughs> serious, I guess. Well, I'm just going with guests that have went horribly wrong. Oh, guests. Uh, oh, no. I just meant some of them aren't super Did we have fun. two with guests? Oh, that you went forgot wrong? about the, the drunk. Yeah, dropping shit oh, on the no, table. I, I remember that one. Well, I was going to say, that th- was the only one I can. You kind of did blow up at Tim. Oh, right. It wasn't a bad person. Uh, let's not talk about him every show from now on. Yeah. But that's two. Yeah. So. Out of a, like how many guests we've had. So we've done good. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan was Ryan was going to go I'm for good. percentages there again and he stopped himself. <laughs> no, because I don't know how many shows we've had guests and not had guests on. So I'm like, wait. Two out of a lot. So well, I was going to say out of, a, out of over 100 shows. I'm like, wait, have we? I don't think we've had 100 guests. We've it's had no. a repeat guests. Probably about. Four percent, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'll go with that. <laughs> but no, that should be a lot of fun. We have news to cover. Matt, you brought some stuffs. I did. I did. Okay. Well, what did you bring us? Mm. What did you bring us, Dingus? Shall we do one? <laughs> sure. Washington is a state <clears throat> and yes. a person. DC yes. or state? DC. Mm. Okay. okay, that's a district. The new chief of the Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, Boo. Bogham. The interest-conflicted Scott Pruitt (laughs) said something on Thursday that surprised, well, nobody. (laughs) He does not believe that carbon dioxide is a primary contributor to global warming. No shit. Now that he's heading up the EPA, he's an expert on such things. Pruitt said that measuring the effect of human activity on the climate is, quote, very challenging, which is probably true for him since he's no scientist. 
and said that there's tremendous disagreement about the degree of impact on of carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases. You know, like the debate among scientists about evolution and germ theory. Yes. <laughs> it's important Gravity. to note uh, at this point, too, that this is definitely not just his wild speculation. Mm. He uh, knows this. Yeah. Pruitt said, uh, so no, I would not agree that carbon dioxide is a primary contributor to the global warming that we see, in my arrogant amateur opinion. His view is contrary to mainstream climate science, including NASA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and the EPA itself. NASA and NOAA gave a joint fucking nope to Pruitt by reporting that <laughs> Earth's 2016 temperatures were the warmest ever. Yeah. The planet's average surface temperature has risen about two degrees Fahrenheit since the 19th century. I don't know what that is in Celsius. Brits, you'll have to convert it yourself. Uh, <laughs> a change driven largely by increased carbon dioxide and other human-made emissions into the atmosphere. The EPA says on its own fake news website, <laughs> at least for now, that carbon dioxide is the primary greenhouse gas that is contributing to recent climate change. The agency notes that human activities such as burning fossil fuels release large amounts of CO2 co uh, causing concentrations in the atmosphere to rise, uh, which is well-known environmental science except for the one guy heading the environmental PA. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Carrie Emanuel, professor of atmospheric science at MIT, verified what we already know about every one of Trump's appointments, that Scott Pruitt is just plain wrong. Uh Emmanuel, co-director of the Lorenz Center at MIT, said that the most authoritative compilation of scientific research has shown that increasing carbon dioxide has been the dominant source of global warming, followed by methane and other gases. Uh, methane for the UK. Ooh, methane. Uh, which we've known for <laughs> a while. Methane, he <laughs> does protest too much. <laughs> I'm sure they'll love that. <clears throat> uh, and the fact that the head of the department responsible for curtailing it doesn't know that should be concerning to us all. Environmental groups and Democrats will continue their plan of voicing disagreement very loudly for at least a few days, but currently view this as evidence that Pruitt is unfit for the office he holds. The arsonist is now in charge of the fire department, and he Ooh. seems happy to let the climate crisis burn out of control, said Sierra Club Executive Director Michael Brun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he ain't seen the movie Backdraft, has he? <clears throat> no. Uh, Pruitt is spewing corporate polluter talking points rather than fulfilling the EPA's mission of protecting our air and water and our communities, Brun said. Well, he could keep the acronym and just change it to Environmental Polluting Agency. Yeah, sure. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Environmental Pruitt Agency. Ooh. Uh, there is absolutely nothing funny about the name of Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz. I, uh, nothing? No, nothing? Nothing that's funny? That's pretty funny. <laughs> but he said the comments underscore that Pruitt is a client, climate denier and insisted lawmakers will stand up to him. Not me or any of my colleagues, but, you know, once the voters put in place some Democrats with a backbone, they will really have some strong <laughs> things to say to Pruitt. Uh, but he didn't stop there. Nope. Schatz laid the smackdown on Pruitt. Uh, anyone who um, den denies o over a century's worth of established science and uh, basic facts is uh, unqualified to be the administrator of the EPA, Schatz said in a statement. Yeah, take that, Pruitt. You rotten bastard. <laughs> Pruitt previously served as Oklahoma Attorney General, where he rose to prominence as a leader in coordinated efforts by Republican attorneys general to challenge former President Obama's regulatory agenda. 
He sued or took part in legal actions against the APA 14 times. Uh, I I thought it was 12. Two more than I thought. How dare Obama have an agenda to protect the environment in our lives? Mm. Yeah. And also you can't, it seems you can't be a part of Trump's administration without major conflicts. Yeah. Um, Pruitt said uh, during his confirmation hearing in January that climate change is real, breaking with President Donald Trump and his own past statements. But staying true to Trump's style because he was fucking lying about his belief in said confirmation. Pruitt told Democratic senators that he disagreed with Trump's earlier claims that global warming is a hoax created by the Chinese to harm the economic competitiveness of the United States. That's clearly false. Everyone knows it was created by the Mongols. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did he did like, he say that it was false across the right. board or, or just, just false? That claim was yeah, false. That, that part Chinese of it was wrong. It, yeah, because yeah. yeah, the Chinese couldn't invent that. <laughs> uh, he did say this, quote, I do not believe climate change is a hoax. Uh, presumably knowing that was the response that would get him the position he yeah. desired. Yeah. Uh, Pruitt has previously cast doubt on the extensive body of scientific evidence showing that the planet is warming and man-made carbon emissions are to blame. In a 2016 opinion article, Pruitt suggested that the, the debate over global warming is far from settled. And he said scientists continue to dis- disagree about the degree and extent of global warming and its connection to the actions of mankind. Hmm. Um, That's yeah. bullshit. They, they may disagree about how much harm it will cause and how quickly it will cause it. But the but, overwhelming consensus is that, yes, it's happening. Yes, yes, it's man-made. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, the only time that Pruitt accepted climate change was under oath during his confirmation hearing. So he's either lying now or he was lying then. Yeah. But either way, he's a lying liar, lies through his liar hole. So the other night. His pants are on fire. Ken Mm. Ham was broadcasting live on the YouTubes his visit with Bill Nye at the Ark Encounter. Oh, yeah? I got, it was a two-hour long thing. I listened to Ken Ham's speech at the beginning. I'm like, Ken Ham's trying to make himself look like... I, I just want to make sure you see the whole thing, the whole truth. I'm like, you still look stupid. <laughs> but they're going over the climate change stuff. And I'm like, I wanted to literally get in my car, drive there to Ken Ham's Ark and just punch him. <laughs> like how fucking, like you're grasping at straws that aren't even there. Uh, Cause they're talking about the ice. And he's like, no, it's like, well, you're uh, Ken Ham's saying, well, it's snow. How do you know? How do you know doing this whole thing? He's like, well, we know because- Were you there? We know. Yeah, the were you there thing. He's like, well- That was a great British accent. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, supposed to be Australian. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we're terrible uh, at this accent off. But going through the whole, like, you know, the ice compacts, and he's explaining it to them. He's explaining it to the people and stuff, and they just weren't getting it. And then the one dumb hick that comes up to him is like, Mr. Bill Nye- are you telling me you just never believed in a God? He's like, no, there's no reason. I got no reason. I want to believe in evidence. He goes, well, why don't you stop doing this foolish stuff and spend more of your time just trying to believe in God and stop worrying about this science that we won't ever know if it's true. <laughs> I don't understand it so clearly. It's bound to understand yeah. of every other human being on the face of the planet. So why don't you just stop and believe in God? Just try it. Have you ever thought about that, Mr. Nye, that y'all to just try to believe I, in God? And I think at one point, Bill Nye actually says to him, goes, well, I'd have to forego hundreds of years worth of evidence that proves what I'm saying is right. Oh, my God. Does he have that bumper sticker? The what? end of religion is nigh. Oh, I hope he does. Oh, that's a good one. Is that actually a real bumper sticker? I don't. I hope so. 
or if it's not trademarked right now, today's March it 15th. Just, it just occurred to me as, as you were saying those words in that order. I'm like, oh, shit. That's a good one. I like it. And it's got to have a picture of Bill's face on there, too. Though. Yeah, obviously. So people yeah. understand it because some people are stupid like that hick on the Ark Encounter. Huh. But I don't see how – because the, the speech before it, Kem Hanna's making it sound like Bill Nye is going to edit this to make me look stupid. So he wanted everybody to see it in its entirety, unedited for the two That's hours. That's not what makes you look I'm stupid. Like, I'm like, no, you you look stupid <laughs> anyway. Because you're an Aussie, <laughs> right, <laughs> everybody? <laughs> you sound stupid as well. <laughs> Holy shit, you put the picture up there. I did. Actually, I don't even know if we have any Aussie <laughs> listeners, do we? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I know we have at least one. We we get hits in Australia. Yes. My, my friend Astrid lives there. In oh, the, oh, yeah, Astrid. Uh, in the Australias. I forgot. In the Down Unders. Well, hopefully that didn't offend her too terribly. Mm-hmm. She probably hates Can't Have too, so don't worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was more of a general <laughs> oh, <yeah>. racist <laughs> sort of a comment. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of the way you roll. Mm. Well, yeah, racism, always. Yeah. Are you done with the racisms, bro? Okay. I too like to racisms, bro. <laughs> Is that a bit or are you trying to move on? I don't No, that that's uh isms. He likes to race them. I like two racisms, bro. It's from some fucking movie. I can't think of what the movie was. Oh, no. Is Jeremy Piven in it? <laughs> I don't know why. Just, why? He, he just seems like he's in bro weird movies oh. like that all. <laughs> that are and I never see overtly any of them. racist. <laughs> no, this was some guy who English was his second language. Ah. Uh, uh, there we go. That's why. He was why. talking to somebody else. He said something like, yeah, I am down with the racisms, bro. I can't so like a vacation movie, movie. Hmm. not like one of the, like the vacation movies, but like a movie where someone's on vacation somewhere else. No, Probably. they were in the. I don't know. Fuck, okay. I don't know. It's stupid. Please stand by. The Godless Revolution will continue in a moment. All they are saying is they wanted to put a diorama of an angel falling into hell with okay. a banner that says "Happy Holidays from the Satanic Temple." That's all they're saying. <laughs> And is the that, state of Florida said, is that too much to the ask? state of Florida said, yes, Go you can ahead. put the satanic nativity scene up in the Capitol. And this I is, have news for you. Destruction is coming our way. Here follows a public service announcement for the Two Skeptical Chaps podcast. <laughs> Greetings, Americans. Over here in London, we are well aware that not all of you are loud, xenophobic, racist, sexist, religious nuts. But many of your politicians who display these frightful traits seem to be quite popular. Particularly a certain wall-obsessed, small-handed, best-word-using, daughter-perving, war-inciting, candy-floss-headed clown. To those of you who choose to follow such balderdash, we strongly recommend not to listen to the two sceptical chaps. It probably won't be your cup of tea. Otherwise, give us a listen. Each episode, we cover any news or current affairs from across the globe. Things that annoy or delight us. That's two, as in the number two. And sceptical with a K. The wrong way to spell it. Cheerio! This is Lucian Greaves with the Satanic Temple, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. And they're so delusional, they think they're going to create Lucifer. They're atheists that don't believe in God and the devil, but they go ahead and say, I worship Lucifer, like the head of the liberal movement. Saul Alinsky dedicated his book to Lucifer, but they believe they're building Lucifer because humans can envision and build whatever they imagine. 
with enough time and energy. And they've got seven and a half billion of us wired into their system, manipulating us, our labor, our energy to get all our technology, all of our brain trust, and steal it to build some beast computer they're going to merge with and fly off. Overall, that's the greatest threat that the people running the world hate humanity, say we're ugly, we're all mentally ill, we have no free will, there is no God, and then behind the scenes, few of them are atheists like Kurzweil, but behind the scenes, I've never found one of them that doesn't say, I love the devil, and I'm going to live forever, and I'm going to have unlimited power. You'll never help the general public, or a bunch of dumb scum, Jones. Join us and get the power. You want the power, don't you? Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. You posted this out there on the... I, I did. This was kind of... it. This uh, ad for this peop- this company, or not the company, this, this website, that their whole thing is to... Uh, they make it sound all nice and lovely, but they're basically anti-gay marriage. They're a Christian group that's trying to get rid of uh, marriage equality. And this plays out like something I was expecting to see on Saturday Night Live. You're like, no, these people are fucking serious. This is This is scary hmm it was a time for choosing whether to continue president obama's remaking of america jettisoning our values or reclaim our values jettisoning? and make america yeah. great again jettisoning voters chose and they, oh, they chose act like they're Donald under attack the whole time people of faith among his biggest supporters as many as 80 percent choosing him They chose Mr. Trump after years of attacks by the Obama administration. Punished for maintaining biblical values on marriage, life, gender, and sexuality. Military chaplains fired for sharing what the Bible teaches. Christian colleges facing loss of federal accreditation. Faith-based adoption agencies forced to close rather than abandon their beliefs. Motherfuckers. They didn't force you to close. They forced you to follow, follow the, the law. Fucking, yeah. And treat people equally. And you and your bigoted ways couldn't see fit to do that. So you chose to close. Yep. And that's what I hate about this is like, you're, you're just because you have a religion and religious freedom does not make your company, your corporation, anything superior to the fucking laws of this country. And you can't force your bullshit, bigoted nonsense on other people who don't want to live by your chosen yeah. religion. This also plays well into the martyr complex that Christians oh, yeah. have too. God. Religious groups required to comply with Obamacare's abortion mandate. And- yes, everybody everybody <laughs> must, must have an abortion. abortion. <laughs> we we are all aborted. <laughs> I actually had a talk debate not well I talked to a guy I worked with that the other day saying you realize a lot of these groups consider a condom a form of abortion. It's like what? It's like they count that into their numbers of abortions performed every year. You know how much more People money want we birth don't have? control if we if we mandated abortion? Yeah, oh, we'd be rich. And private business owners threatened with ruin by government agents for sharing a religious pamphlet with their employees. It's unconscionable and unconstitutional. No, it isn't. No, it is violate their faith. As a candidate and now as president, Mr. Trump has repeatedly promised to protect religious liberty. So I want to it's, express it's unconscious it's unconstitutional and unconscionable that somebody in a, the position of employer with uh, with an audience who's forced to be there would hand out propaganda uh, without knowing whether or not the the employees that they're giving that to believe the same yeah. way as they do. It's, it, it's, it puts them in a position of, oh, 
well, I've got to comply with this or I might lose my job. It's, That's not constitutional. Yeah. It's so work, fuck not you. church. Yeah. Yeah, it's work, not church. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can't discriminate against somebody on the basis of their belief. Yeah. At, at least at least outwardly. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of ways they can discriminate in, oh, and in, they do in all the workforce. The time. Of course yeah. they do. They just say it's for some other legal reason, but. Yeah. So I want to express clearly today to the American people. Has he ever expressed anything clearly? Also, no. Also, other than that he's a fucking moron. And also, how how do religious people not know, not notice that he's never, ever talked about religion until Prior. it became pertinent for pandering? Mm-hmm. Well, I think he talked about it on that Playboy uh, video he did. Did he? Well, someone screamed, oh my God. <laughs> In the softcore Playboy <laughs> yeah. video he did? Yeah. Uh, I, sorry, I didn't watch that one. <laughs> uh, oh, but I have to ask. Uh, do yes, his hands make his dick look bigger. Oh no, no, I was gonna, yeah. I was, I was gonna go for that cliche, but I can't remember how it actually goes. But does he have a does he have comb over pubes? Ooh, I I have no, I don't I haven't seen it. I don't. <laughs> oh, I, well, I, Ryan, Ryan looked like he. It's a good he question. Sounded like he watched it, so I was just wondering. <laughs> oh no, he doesn't actually have sex in it. Hmm. Oh, they showed it. He's. I don't think he's actually in any of the parts of any of the playboy scenes it's just him like promoting playboy in the film he just stands around in a baggy suit like yeah yeah, yeah this is us just watches in a All corner creepy yeah. just barges in okay he, he probably was jerking off but you couldn't notice couldn't <laughs> no you couldn't that my administration will do everything in its power to defend and protect religious liberty in our land in our land. Did you see how carefully he was saying all of that and he's looking over the teleprompter like, yeah. what, it, what is that word? Oh. It's time for President Trump to keep his promises and deliver. Good luck. A draft executive order on religious liberty has been prepared for President Trump's signature. It provides important legal protections so people and groups can live their faith without fear of retribution by the government. But enemies of religious liberty are yeah. fighting against the order. So now it's a time. They have on screen listed Lambda Legal, People for the American Way, Center for American Progress, the Human Rights Campaign, and the Museum Institute. Those people are all about religious freedom yeah. and equality for everybody. The, the ad, again, is mistaking Christian privilege right, for equality yeah that's that's not how this works no. yeah here here's an interesting question for people like this um when what would be enough right if we were going to let them have their way what what would be a sufficient amount of religious freedom and i i bet you they would stop at absolutely nothing um, i mean total complete domination is the only answer that they're looking for so in, in if that's the case then you're never, of course you're not happy. You're never going to be happy because you're not interested in having a balanced democracy. You're interested in a, in, in a, in a fascistic theocracy, mm-hmm. the, a dictatorship, which, which is the system they prefer. They've already chosen a celestial dictatorship. So that's yeah. what they want. And so if they're not going to be happy at anything less than complete domination, fuck them. Fuck, fuck you. Like I you mean, don't, you don't get to have even part of what you want then. If yeah, we're going to take all of your toys away. If you're not happy with the toys you're given, then you don't get to have any of them. Well, I mean, and that'll never happen. I'd, I'd be I'd be more than glad to, to 
do that, but that'll never happen. We're trying to make nice here. We're trying to play within the rules and let you have some things that you want to have, but other people get to have some things they want to yeah. have too. That's that's the whole thing. It's all about fucking sharing, you goddamn and, yeah. children. And the other people don't have to have the same thing that you have. Yeah. You yeah. can't force them to only have your thing. Right. Just because you love that toy so much doesn't mean everyone else has to too. Yeah. Because I hate your fucking toys. Time for choosing for President Trump. Will he choose to keep his promises to protect religious liberty and people of faith? Or will he choose to continue the damaging anti-faith policies of Barack Obama? It's time to choose, Mr. President. And we're counting on you to choose religious liberty. He'll do everything in its power. Hmm. Yeah. That's the end of the ad, basically. They're just yeah, going to flash up a bunch of bunch words of... with dramatic music, ending of... in a crescendo, yeah. and it's fucking nonsense. Yeah. I, I hate these groups. <laughs> well, I they really don't do. They yeah. don't want equality. No, they, they want don't. privilege. Yeah, they want to be able to spout their religious nonsense everywhere and anywhere, and you can't say yours. And I hate when people argue saying, well, we don't want atheism in there. I'm like, the, just because you're not allowed to speak does not mean that atheism is ruling. And these are the same people who, who would lose their fucking minds at the idea of Muslims setting oh, yeah. up a, a place of worship anywhere near Ground Zero in New York City. Oh, they've already had that happen. Well, I know. That's, and they've that's, also... that's what I'm saying is they lost yeah. their minds when that happened, but they're, they're talking about all about religious liberty. No, they want Christian domination. Like yeah. Matt said, they don't want religious liberty for all. They want Christian domination for them. And then it's like, okay, well, which brand of Christianity? Yeah. Are we going to go with the Catholics or the Protestants? Are we going to go with Christian scientists? How about, Scien how about Scientologists, period? Or the Mormons? Maybe yeah. the Mormons should take over. Who, which, hey. which Christians are you going to have run the country for you, dumbass? I also noticed in the Mormon Venn diagram, if you want to call it that, they're a bunch of bubbles. None of them actually touch. They're just bigger bubbles or smaller bubbles. Uh, on the far left of things that like, because they got a far left and a far right thing on their latest uh, Mormon leaks. From oh, their on, their, on the enemies of the church. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the bubbles on the far left for the enemies was secular. <gasps> secular. Secularism. They didn't even say secularism. Just said it just secular. Said secular. Mm. Yeah, I... Posted that out on the Godless Revolution Facebook page, and yep. then I shared it also through the Atheists of Utah page, and it's always really funny to me because you get butthurt Mormons yeah. coming on there and making comments. Everybody tries to tear down the church, and they just don't like the church, and so they post all of this false information about the church, and it's not true what they're saying about the church, and the church is great, and everybody does this, and it's just a waste of time. And my response is always, well, it wasn't so much of a waste of time that you didn't figure that you had to come here and yeah. comment on it, right? And if it's not mm. true, then why isn't the church trying to sue them from defamation instead of trying to get it taken down for copyright laws? <laughs> That's a very good point. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is talking about the wiki the Mormon WikiLeaks thing. Yeah. Well, because if if they're Mormon finally leaks. saying it's a copyright infringement, a copyright infringement, obviously it's true. And the, well, the LDS church has complained about the Mormon Leaks website posting this slideshow presentation that was put together and presented to the higher-ups in the LDS church to let them know 
about the enemies of the church yeah. and how they should handle them going forward. Hmm. And it lists groups like ordain women. Yeah. Uh, right, lists, of course. It lists John DeLynn, the, mm-hmm. uh, the podcast. podcaster for his Mormon stories, I believe is, is his yes. show. Um, you know, all of these people who are formerly Mormon or are still Mormon, but are trying to reform the church within from and within ha- and have a good voice. Yeah. And have a large following of, rational compassionate human beings who want to for whatever reason maintain their faith in their church i think a lot of that is more social than actually believing in the church's teachings because clearly they're trying to change the church's yeah. teachings right so they don't want to lose their social structure and they want to keep their whatever whatever tenuous beliefs they may still hold and and try to change the church from within and that's where the church sees their their biggest opposition or the biggest threat to the church standing as it is. Hmm. So it was interesting. And oh, I Mormons oh. are the most passive aggressive, butthurt, oh, yeah. whiny, fucking special little people who <laughs> think that they need to comment on everything. Well, I know this church is true and Joseph yeah. Smith was a prophet and you're just liars straight from the pit of Satan and there's one path and that's <laughs> God's path and you can choose God's path or you can choose Satan's path. But then that, that that would mean that there's two paths and so I guess maybe I was wrong before so there's two paths but you need to choose the right path and the right path is one for, for God, not Satan. Satan's got the ultimate path. <laughs> that's, that's that's how I read all yeah, of their comments yeah. is in that voice because they're all that inane. Like they're so fucking dumb. Think about what you're saying and give me something that we can actually talk about. But coming on here to tell me that, oh, you're just trying to tear, tear down the church at all costs and blah, blah, blah. I don't give a fuck if the church goes away. I want the church to keep its nose out of everybody else's yeah. business. If they did that, I wouldn't fucking bother them. Yeah. Yeah, there you don't see there us being be bothered by Buddhists. About. If the if if our local government didn't go to the LDS Church and ask them about pending legislation and what they thought about mm-hmm. it, I would probably have no problem with the LDS Church. Not yeah. only not only are the local politicians on their fucking knees, f- sucking the dick of the fucking church. But they brag about it oh, on yeah. local oh, news yeah. networks yeah. Yeah. as if that was legal. Yeah. And nobody cares. Oh, they meet with the And quorum. then these these people are going to go on your Facebook and say, "Why why what do you why do you have a what's the harm? Why do you have a problem with the church? Why are you trying to Because it's fucking illegal." Yep. And they know it. <laughs> and it's also not ethical. Are you not supposed to follow the rules? Are you not supposed to be good moral moral legal uh, citizens is that not of part of it? Abiding citizens? Yeah, is that not part of it? Because the fucking leaders of the church don't do it. And if people haven't noticed, there are religious groups that we haven't had on here to mock yet because they haven't done anything worth of mocking. They don't try to input their laws into our lives. Yeah, how many shows have we done on the Amish? The Amish or right. or <laughs> Jewish communities that are trying to enforce us to Shabbat or whatever it is. <laughs> I will not break a wine glass, God damn it. you must Shabbat this time. <laughs> that was the only Jewish tradition. Like, actually, they, they don't really want a whole lot of new members as no, far as I understand. No, but that's the thing. is, yeah. And they aren't interested in forcing everybody else to live by their ways of yeah, life. Yeah, they're not so evangelical. You, if yeah. you want to be a member of their church, you have to ask them three times before they'll really let you in. <laughs> Can I join? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I really want to join. Can I join? No, I'm sorry, you can't. But can I join? I really want to jo- Okay, fine. Was your mother a Jew? <laughs> <laughs> were there any women in your family that were previously Jews? Now that was South African. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was New York South African. That was New York Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. All right, welcome back. We have Mr. Stu DeHaan and Ms. Michelle Short, co-chapter heads of the Arizona chapter for the Satanic Temple on the line with us. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Thanks for having us. Good. Thank you so much for having us here. Oh, we're very excited to yeah. have you guys on here. So I wanted to get a little bit of background information on you guys. I don't know a whole lot about you prior to your involvement with the Satanic Temple. How did you both become involved with the temple and what they're doing? And what you're doing? Uh, the way the way it happened was there was a, the official forum for the Satanic Temple. That's a national thing. At the time, it was a lot smaller, uh, even just a year ago. And uh, Lucian Greaves, who is the uh, co-founder and spokesperson for the Satanic Temple, he asked if anyone in Arizona was willing to, to do an action. And Michelle and I, who both happen to be from Tucson, an uh, action within you know Arizona specifically for. Um, the Ten Commandments. Oh, what for the invocation? Yeah, it was for the invocation. And, and at the time, there was no chapter here. There was nobody really involved formally. And he asked if a couple of people wanted to help out. Michelle and I, on a thread, kind of raised our hands. And, and then he, he introduced us, which was funny because we're both here. And when we met, we had about 100 friends in common on Facebook. And we didn't know each other. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> and the first time he and I ever hung out was on Fox 10 News. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, so we we were uh, after we what happened was we sent an email to the city council in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, requesting to do an invocation before their meetings. They do a, a prayer of various denominations, and we threw a hat in there as uh, we were requested to do. And um, they said okay. And then about three, two, three months went by. We didn't hear a single thing from them. Yeah. We thought we had the date book. We all took the days off. We planned to go to a concert later that night. Like we made a whole event page for it specifically. And lots of people were excited to go. Hmm. Um, and then they finally uh, sent us a letter telling us that we were basically disinvited from giving the invocation. So, yeah. So what happened was one of the city council members in particular started raising objections saying stupid that we're not legit. We're just, uh, a cult <laughs> in Tucson, which was really funny too, because since Michelle and I were virtual strangers at the time, uh, <laughs> right? And they told us to to get lost. And what ensued from there was an unbelievable media fiasco. I mean, this was international news. It was yeah. in the Russian media, and and, and we, we this is literally from an email we sent requesting something, and there was a complete statewide meltdown. I mean, there was a, what was a six hour meeting or four hour meeting in the city council about whether or not to let us do this with public commentary. Wow. People were crying that we were going to bring hell and destruction upon the city. You know, that God's uh, <laughs> retribution, we would, we would have retribution and God would, you know, smite us and so forth. So it was a uh, very uh, emotional on behalf, watching it, you know, seeing those, them like react in such a way. Um, hmm. You, know, you could have put, you know, put them in colonial clothes and handed them pitchforks and it would have been a good old witch hunt. Yeah, it was like a tent revival. And, you know, we, we it got really scary. You know, this is the first time I mean, Michelle and I have have experience with, um, you know, certain things. I'm in a band. She She's a, a model and a, a radio personality herself. So it's like we've we've had a little bit of experience with media, but this was out of control. And, 
you know, we didn't really know each other. And, and we got invited to speak on Fox News up in Phoenix. And it was, I mean, we were literally getting to know each other on the drive to Phoenix about to be on Fox <laughs> News together. Mm. So this whole experience was pretty crazy. And, you know, and meanwhile, I'm talking to Lucian Greaves, who I've been watching speak for years. Mm-hmm. So it was crazy to even for me to even have contact with him. Oh, and, and, he's, and he's, a, he's such a great speaker. Yeah. I mean, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Yeah, he's great. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, we, we we very much respected what he did. That's why we got involved. And we were, you know, I, at the time, we didn't even know if we were representing TST. You know, we just were like, okay, we'll do this thing. And and I'm like, can we make this TST official? That's and he's what, like, yeah, absolutely. You know, so that's what got us started in the whole thing. That's what we, that's what gave us our chapter. It was basically us putting ourselves out there for the cause and earning that and they took a big chance. I mean, they were, you know, without really seeing how we'd perform in front of, you know, a news camera, uh, we handled ourselves pretty well and they took a chance on us. We could have said a number of stupid shit, um, but <laughs> we, we managed, we managed to handle ourselves pretty good. Yeah. They, and we, I mean, we both took a big personal risk, you know, professionally. I'm a lawyer. She's a model. She's, she's got a, you know, we, we both have to, present ourselves in, in certain other venues, so to speak. And, and, you know, this was very much worth it to us and it still is. And it's very important to us. So, I mean, I, it's been great, but it's been a bit daunting. You know, that was actually when our first, our first action was probably when we got the most hate mail and the death threats and all that stuff. Oh, no. Or was that after school Satan? That was after school Satan. Oh, I, I can't. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was when it started. That was the first time I got death threats in my life. So <laughs> I remember that more. It got yeah. kind of, we got kind of used to it after that. Yeah. So you never got death threats as a lawyer, but as a Satanist, you get them all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I've got Weird. hate mail. I'm, I'm a criminal lawyer, so I'm already publicly unpopular. So I'm used to that a little bit. <laughs> so what are your guys' background? I mean, I know, Stu, that you're an attorney. Michelle, you were a model or are a model. Do you, or were you guys previously religious at all? Addresses, phone numbers, whatever you got. Social? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start or should I start on this one? <laughs> I can start. Um, oh, I, uh, I'm half Mexican. I was born in Nogales, Sonora, Mexico. Um, I grew up Catholic. My mother, a very traditional Catholic woman. My dad, extremely conservative Republican. So yeah. it was an interesting growing up. You know, I discovered Satanism through my rebellious teenage years. You know, I uh, I discovered this satanic Bible or a snippet of it in a book about cults in the school library. And, you know, there was a picture of LaVey. I found the satanic Bible and it was like I remember that day specifically how it just kind of made sense. So, um, you know, I I've been a Satanist since I was 14, graduated high school in fuck, 2005. and went to college for uh, mortuary sciences and I graduated Hmm. with my associates in mortuary sciences, did that for about a year. And then I started the modeling thing. So did you work as a professional mortician then? I was an intern. Um, It's a two parter. The first year you're an intern as an embalmer. And then the second year you're an intern as a funeral director. So I did most of that first year and it was, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, biology is fascinating, but it just ended up not really being a career I wanted to pursue at the time. That's, that's always been really interesting to me. I, I recently discovered that I am much more squeamish than I would have thought. Uh, I had a friend who you didn't yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that. I, I would have guessed no. that about you for sure. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I had no idea. Like I, I had a friend who 
uh, recently had a kidney transplant and then went through a bunch of weight loss and went in for skin reduction surgery and then was showing me the pictures of the 14 pounds of tissue that they removed. And I got really queasy. Like I had a little, a faint buzzing in the ears and went pale. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me right now? I don't understand. Like the pictures, I could look at the pictures and they bothered me a little bit, but it was this reaction that I had absolutely no control over. And so that, that kind people who can do that kind of thing have always been fascinating to me, I guess. And even more so now that I've discovered that there's no fucking way I could ever you do can't that. can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I learned that early on too. <laughs> so you 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 did the mortician thing for a little while, got into modeling. Uh how do your parents feel about you being involved with the Satanic Temple? Do you do you have a good relationship with them? Um my mother is the most important person in my life. I love her to death, but she doesn't know me. And she she has this like picture of me in her head that she doesn't want to shatter. Like she doesn't know, you know, the type of modeling that I do or the type of hobbies that I'm into uh, or the extracurricular activities that I have, like, you know, the satanic temple. Um, I always wondered if she ever saw the news article or the, the news story of me on Telemundo or, you know, there was a couple of Mexican news stations that interviewed me and it was like an ever present worry in my head, whether or not she'd seen it or her friends had mentioned it, but she never, she never mentioned it. She never acted like she was upset about anything. So, you know, as long as it's like never mentioned, like it's, it's fine. And, you know, my dad's a little nosy. Um, he knows me better than my mom, but you know, I, she, he, I just tell him to leave me alone because he, he's, he's, he's no place to judge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we hear all the time about hypocritical Christian parents who, you know, would choose their religion over their own flesh and blood children for whatever choices that they've made. And it's it's always more disheartening to me personally when a lot of the things I do are because of the teachings that my parents and grandparents gave me, you know, that they instilled this sense of wanting to seek new knowledge and being open-minded and to want to believe things that are true versus what are comfortable. And then when I actually do that, for some reason, they get really upset. Are you an only child? Uh, now I am. <laughs> I had, <laughs> that was an interesting reaction, Stu. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. That could, that could mean a number of things. My mind went racing. <laughs> well, no, I, I had a younger sister, but she, she died two or three years ago. Um, she she had lots of problems but so Sorry. oh no it's 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 a it's much better off for everybody involved that she is gone because she was a satanist she <laughs> 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 no she 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 just kind of was a drag on everybody around her and then she ended up so she tried killing herself when she was 16 and ended up because of that, uh, paralyzed, uh, from the waist down and then was just had a, had a, had more problems than a math book and, you know, repeated suicide oh. attempts. And finally what killed her was bladder cancer. So my goodness. Well, that's a, that's a tragic story there. <laughs> well, like I say, it's, it's much better now that she's gone. Uh, everybody can think about the fond things that they 
knew about her when she was more healthy and don't have to deal with all of her bullshit anymore. So fair enough. <laughs> Ultimately, it's a good thing. That, that's uh, one of the things that uh, Michelle and I had in common uh, is we're both only children. And we all, we always wonder if that weighs into the whole. <laughs> like our parents are a lot more scared to lose us. Cause I mean, I think we would both gladly walk away and stand by our beliefs, even in, you know, the face of adversity, hmm. even if that involves our parents, like disowning us, we'd be like, peace. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. dedicated. And they're scared of that. Interesting. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I wonder if that's why a lot of my very LDS family members are still, are still choosing to associate with me at all. Hmm. I hadn't, I hadn't actually thought about I that. Have, yeah. I have no idea. I'm a middle child. So my yeah, whole family conversation, is Michelle. Michelle and I have had that conversation a few times because, you know, we're, we're from very different backgrounds, but um, you have that commonality. You're not Mexican? Uh, as it turns out, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, the, the, the reddish beard kind of, yeah, I thought. I, I actually do have a question about that, though, if I could. Like, your dad's conservative, right? And Mexican. And I, I just wonder, how I, does, yeah, you said that, right? Oh, no, my mother's the Mex- the full Mexican. Oh, my you're, dad's okay. like you're, German and Irish. Oh, okay. And, Never mind then. Yeah. I was I was gonna I I got that the wrong way around, but I thought I was gonna ask how he felt about Trump if he's conservative and Mexican. I, that would be very interesting right now. But oh, my <laughs> well, dad's super white and conservative. You know he voted oh, yeah. for Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's too bad. Gross. So, do your parents live in Mexico? <laughs> Gross. No, no, no. No, they live uh, just 15 minutes north of the border. Ah. All right, Stu. How how did you grow up? Are are you an immigrant to the United States? I know that you were are from my, somewhere uh, else or have ties from from another country. My father was a Dutch immigrant from the Netherlands. Um, he joined the military to get his green card. So I was I was born here. So I've always been full American by uh, nationality. Though I did grow up in the Netherlands. He was stationed on a NATO base there. So I grew up in a Dutch. Community in, in a military base, though. So I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, my dad grew up Catholic, but he is a staunch atheist now, um, as what happens a lot. Uh, my mother was raised very Lutheran. We have Lutheran priests in the family, um, but she's now a Buddhist identified. Oh. So the thing I have in common with my mother is we're both a part of a new age religion, as it turns out. <laughs> uh, but in that kind of diverse religious background, I mean, my parents are very. You know, my, my dad's kind of a constitutionalist. I'm kind of a constitutionalist. Um, I went to University of Arizona uh, because I got in-state tuition. My father trained in Fort Huachuca, so declared residency there. He's an intelligence because he speaks all these languages. Uh, so I got a degree in political science, and then I went on to get a law degree at Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington in 08. So I've been, I've been a lawyer almost 10 years. Um, I've focused primarily on criminal defense and I'm just now starting to try to branch out to some civil law, including some of these civil rights situations that the satanic temple is involved in. That's awesome. I've always been really interested in the law as well. I think if I hadn't got into computers, I'd have gone into politics and or law. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, I mean, you learn, I have a degree in in politics and I learned more history from my law degree, frankly, Hmm. uh, about American jurisprudence. They say if you uh, don't want, if you enjoy law or sausages, don't don't learn how they're made. <laughs> so, uh, as far as religiously, I always kind of floated around. What kind of steered me away from Christianity was when I was about nine or ten years old. I was living in 
near Fort Benning, Georgia. And since I was not part of the Baptist community, um, it was a little rough for me. And I kind of personally experienced some of the uh, exclusionary uh, culture of not being part of the local religion. But I had lived in so many other places. I, I just thought it was ridiculous, even at that age. I'm like, this is this is nonsensical. So it really steered me away from from Christianity. And uh, ever since then, I kind of shunned it. I learned about Satanism more academically. Um, I had friends that, you know, were read the Satanic Bible and, and kind of adhered to that. But as a young person, we call it reactive. It was, it was more this T-shirt pisses off my mom kind of thing. <laughs> we, call it, we call it reactive Satanists. It's mostly young people that do that. Uh, engage in that kind of behavior. And we're all that a little bit. I mean, we're all into the imagery. I was always a metal kid. You know, it was, it's all part of that that culture. Yeah. Um, but actually, the first, I, I learned about people identifying as Satanists actually through political science. I was studied the Cold War a lot. And Mikhail Bakunin, one of the founders of, of modern anarchy, identified as a Satanist to scare the shit out of the orthodoxy, which is kind of, you know, part of the culture also. I didn't pay much attention to it at the time. I actually revisited that well after I studied that stuff. Um, once I did get involved with the Satanic Temple, actually, was the chapter head of um, Minneapolis at the time. Um, he's a big history buff, and he and I discussed these kind of things a lot. And I got really into it, and that's when I decided to get heavily involved. So I didn't formally come out and identify as a Satanist until the Satanic Temple. So I'm I'm curious. You you were saying you, you steered away from Christianity. What what would you say to an atheist such as myself who might say that you're still part of it, uh, just just on a different side, right? Well, the difference is in, in all modern Satanism, and when I say modern Satanism, what what that generally means is from Levain 1966, you know, the Satanic Bible, that's when he established, that's year one of modern Satanism. Mm -hmm. Say what you will, there's going to be different opinions with everybody about how legitimate that is, and I'm not going to get into that part, but um, it was atheistic. Satan was always a metaphor. It was the it was the eternal rebellion against tyranny. LeVay had a little different take than than we do. We're more I would I would characterize the Satanic Temple as more romantic Satanism from the Romantic era. The night the 1600s were even writing those books like um, Paradise Lost and things was absolute blasphemy. Like you'd get killed for that stuff. Right. Uh, which obviously isn't the same in the 1960s during the Civil Rights era. It was a little different. But these things are all contextual, and it's kind of how you identify in the context. I think the context is very important. But it, I guess the, the long answer long. Um, <laughs> we are not theistic. We're not. We are we are atheists, but we do adhere to a certain code and ethic. Uh, we have tenets. We have a sense of community. We have iconography. There's a whole culture behind it. And these things are very important and part of our identity. And I think that's mostly what separates us from someone who identifies as an atheist. Hi, this is Justin Schieber, formerly of the Reasonable Doubts podcast and currently of Real Atheology. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Hey, everybody, this is X. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Felicia. We're the Utah Outcasts. Three out, unashamed, and active atheists living in Utah. And we are personally inviting you to let us love your ears each and every week. As we take the news, current events, and pop culture and give it a little twist. 
a love twist with consent. And we'll be joined each week by a special guest to tell us what makes them an outcast like us. Come find us. The Utah Outcasts. On PodHell.com, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And on UtahOutcast.com. We finally bought that domain off the kids handing out mixtapes in the mall. Come be an outcast with us. Take care of yourselves out there. Bon nuit. And you're welcome. But, uh, you know, even if you're not a Christian, the point is the establishment is always saying you shouldn't have a religion, God isn't real, but then you find out the elites who are saying they're atheists, the media of the nine world times out of ten in my research, they turn out to be occultists telling you who are Luciferian or Satan. There is a statue to Lucifer that has been, that has been erected last Saturday in Detroit, and Time magazine says it's really not that big of a deal. Let me tell you, it is a big deal. God will not be mocked on his own land by his own people who are covenant people. And at the same time, on Monday, they remove his words in Oklahoma in the middle of the night. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. I think you guys play play an important role. We talk about it on the show all the time. You guys fill this niche there, uh, especially legally, uh, where you guys have a lot more leverage than just say a band of atheists who aren't maybe aren't recognized as a religion uh, to sort of uh, you know force force positions that uh, are beneficial for um, freedom of religion and uh, more progressive policies. So I understand that. I like it. I just I like to get that cleared up right away because people always have there's kind of a, a confusion in that uh, you're sort of adopting some of the mythology, but also, yeah, you know, kind of playing the atheist side of it. So it's kind of good to get that out of the way, clear the air of it. But uh, that was a good answer, I think. Well, also, I would like to add that, you know, Christianity doesn't really have a patent on Satan. They kind of like took other, you know, deities and demons from different cultures and kind of just umbrellaed it. And, you know, it's, it's something that's, you know, almost like separate from Christianity. It's been adopted. It's been modified. It's been used in art. It's been used in literature. And well, there's a number of them. I mean, there's the, there's there's the French romantic, there's a the French and English romantic Satanist, and they have kind of different literary versions of the story. But to us, it's all literary, whether it's the Bible yeah. or the things that came after. It's still literary because to us, mm-hmm. that's just literature. And I think that's one of the diff- big things that separates us from from a, a Christian or a theistic religion. And I also love the seven tenants of the Satanic Temple. I'll quite often pull them out. We actually probably can't see it on the TV, but they're right back in the middle of the wall oh, right yeah. there. Yeah, I do see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I pulled those out quite a few times and not telling a person what they are, and I'll read them to them. I'm like, don't you think this is a good way to live your life? Just good rules to follow? Like, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'm like, these are the seven tenants of the Satanic Temple. I'm like, oh... <laughs> so well, what do you think people, now <laughs> a, a lot of people because of the seven tenets they ask the question oh why don't you call yourself humanists or you know why, why satan why satan is the, the question that always drives us nuts mm. so i actually prefer the question what you asked it was how does it how do you separate yourself from the religion that kind of uh canonized the, the entire structure of what satan is but we're not humanists we have humanistic tenets but that doesn't mean we're humanists we have a whole different I won't, I won't, don't want to say the word aggressive, but we really put ourselves out there and make sure that if you're going to inject this, especially in government, we're going to have our, you know, we're not going to be a disenfranchised. Mm. We're going to always throw our name in the hat and say, you know, you have to respect this. This is an establishment clause issue. 
which separates us from the atheists or the, or that try to get involved in this stuff where they're like, we want this taken down. Our thing is we want our stuff put up. Yeah. Inclusion. Right. That's track. And if they decide to take it down, that's on them. We don't ask for that. And that shows how right. much they discriminate. They'd rather pull the rug from under themselves than let us have our, right. our, our fair share in the, in the world of pluralism. It's what we like to call Lucian's law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's Lucian's law. That's how we operate. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. And it, it just, it just, it just puts a microscope on the hypocrisy. I think it's, I think it's amazing. Well, and so they blame us and they'll also claim victory. I mean, oh, they'll sure. hold those their own ten commandments and say they won, you know, and we're like, okay, you know, you can, you can have that if you want, if that helps you sleep at night, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they, and they also have a massive martyr complex too. So they love to throw a little pity party for themselves about, you know, the Satanists are ruining everything. And, you know, they, they have that, you know, week or month or whatever it is of, of tears that they've got over that stuff too. So it's uh, built into the culture. I mean, they have yeah. to grovel daily. Yeah, to their yeah. Deity. exactly. They're willing slaves. I know it's, and we're against that. And they hate us for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Try to help them get free and they just, the uh, Stockholm syndrome. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's always bothered me. I mean, I've been a huge fan of the satanic temple and everything that you guys have been doing since I heard about them. You know, once I realized what the satanic temple was, what you were trying to get accomplished and the types of things that you stood for and the perfect niche that you filled. It always has bothered me when I hear fellow atheists bagging on the satanic temple. You know, we get it from both sides. Yeah. Yeah. You do. I mean, you get shit on from both, from both sides. And it always bothers me when I hear that coming from fellow atheists because of the great work that you do that you and basically you guys alone are doing right now and even could do. You know, unless there is some other satanic organization that comes up and decides that they want to become activists. But it bothers me when I hear other atheists tell me or anybody else who is a member of the satanic temple that it's not a real, it's not a quote unquote real religion, right? That they're allowing other religious people, Christians in particular, to define and, and, Mm -hmm. and decide for everybody else what is and what is not a religion. And that really fucking bothers me. I mean, why do you have to have belief in some supernatural deity for it to be considered a religion? And why are you allowing the Christians to to give you that proviso as to what constitutes a quote-unquote real religion? <laughs> Nonprofits. It's like Buddhism. It's a philosophy. They don't worship Buddha. So, I mean, it's the God complex that they just cannot get past that we are a real religion despite being non-theistic. Um and there's also the people who rag on us uh, saying that um, – n- not that we're not a real religion, but that um, you know they can't get past that, that we are a religion and they really can't support us because – you know, we're a religion and they hate everything that is religion. Yeah, all of the trappings about religion and, and just the word itself is a shock to the senses for so many people who are on the atheistic side of things. Mm-hmm. When they, if they would just take a step back and be able to look at things outside of themselves and see the great work that you guys are doing, I think they would totally be on board. There's another irony and we kind of thrive on the ironies. We like, we kind of like this. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of doing our own thing and it's, co- it's causing a lot of cognitive dissonance with both the religious crowd and the, un- the non-religious crowd. I think that's kind of the conversation we want to start because we get called phonies on both sides. Yeah. You know, and it goes, and what's interesting is both sides have both opinions. So we got called phonies by the, you know, we get, we're, we're pretending to be atheists and then they're saying, you know, we're pretending to be religious. <laughs> so 
and, and it, it's constant. It's constant. Oh, you're a phony. You're a phony atheist. Oh, you're a phony Satanist. You're hmm. a phony religious person. And, and it's like, oh, and this is just parody. And I'm like, why can't it be all of these things? <laughs> right. You know, these, yeah. are, these are not these are these are not mutually exclusive. These things. We're all of it. We are atheists. We are religion, and there is parody involved, absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> because to us, blasphemy blasphemy is a legitimate form of, of self-expression, and it's very important to us because it's saying to the establishment, we can say it and do what we want, and you can't touch us. Nobody can touch us, no matter how much you think you can, legally or religiously. Nothing is going to happen to us, and we're gonna we're gonna proudly demonstrate that. Oh yeah, I've always said that blasphemy is a blast for me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we uh we're we're cheesy on this show i, I don't know if you we can sorry. appreciate yeah that. okay yeah go ahead sorry oh no uh, and then being a religion also gives us that advantage that you know say the humanist can't have or an atheist group can't have you know they're not being discriminated against by the religion by the religion so us kind of being thrown in the mix you know, they can't discriminate against us and we're still trying to get a level playing field for everybody. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's gaining ground, though. It's mm-hmm. gaining ground for the whole secular community because, in, in for example, in the invocation campaign, you know, the, the Greece v. Galloway case, which is the big Supreme Court case, said you don't have to be praying to a God to give an invocation. You don't get extra special reli- uh, First Amendment rights because you're supernaturalist. That's absurd. Right. And that's very, and I, you know, that's good for the humanist community. That's good for the secularist community. That's good for us. And I mean, even in the Arizona constitution, I just found out this recently is in our, in the first amendment in Arizona, it actually has a provision for faith or lack thereof. Mm. So the mm. Arizona first amendment actually expressly mentions atheism being as protected as people that are religious. Ah. And I think that's pretty fascinating. Yeah, it is. Arizona Arizona's a weird state. It's kind of a rogue state politically. It's it's they've got a lot of hyper conservatism, but then they do some some weird liberal-ish type things sometimes. They're just you know, and they've just fucked the time zone. Yeah, it's, you a, guys it's just a like, mixed bag. Yeah, all over the place, yeah. Arizona is interesting because you know, I, I feel like this whole country is kind of two different countries. Um, yeah, yeah, Arizona is a microcosm of that. Just like you're saying, sure. you've got you got Maricopa County, which is the most conservative country in the nation, and then Southern Arizona, where we are. You know, you got Tucson and or Northern, where you have Flagstaff and that. It's pretty, you know, hippy dippy Wild West stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and it's just, and it's all in one state. So we have this microcosm of that division that the whole nation's kind of facing right now. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like a good place for a showdown. <laughs> I I have a love hate relationship with the state, you know. I, I I really do. I love being here, and I love my community, and everything. but but when it comes to the state politics, a lot of the power is centralized in Phoenix, oh. where you know people don't people don't go to live; they go to die. You got old right. baby boomers who are part of that old old guard that you know they're they're kind of fucking shit up for the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. I did a whole piece on the fucking baby boomers. Well, we we feel the same way about this state here, so don't worry. Well, this state doesn't yeah, have yeah. any any liberal parts of it, though. Well, we got Salt Lake and Moab <laughs> and Park City, but it's not large enough to offset. The yeah, yeah, conservative those areas. those four people don't do enough. No, no. 
Well, I mean, what's <laughs> interesting about Utah, I mean, from the, from the Satanic Temple perspective, too, I mean, Shalise Blythe, the chapter head there, yeah. was virtually the only one who was able to get through the after-school Satan program in Salt Lake City. <laughs> true. was more true. successful than, than Los Angeles, California. Yeah, Even Portland, Oregon is having more problems than she did. Isn't that weird? Portland, Oregon is having more <laughs> problems with after-school Satan than Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> Where you figure they just that, get the nod. That is weird. I mean, yeah. Shalise is good, though, but I mean, like, yeah, there must there must be something else going on, right? I, that's. Well, what, I think what do you, you think it is? I think you have a history. Well, um, we have a oh, go I ahead. Mean, she, and I, she and I have talked about this a lot, and, and our theory is the Mormon. I mean, I'm speculating here. I mean, this is no. I haven't researched this. Don't take legal advice from a podcast. Yeah, this is just us <laughs> speculating. But we we have this feeling that Mormonism is an outlier, even to the Christian community. Absolutely. And, yeah. And we feel that maybe. Them being used to be them used to being criticized from both sides. Also, they kind of get it more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I think that is definitely part of it. I don't know. I don't know. But, I think that's but, definitely part of and it. And they're also very non-confrontational. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, they're very passive aggressive. One of my favorite stories uh, when Michelle when when she was interviewed by Telemundo, they were the guy that was interviewing us, and, and he didn't they didn't expect her to speak fluent Spanish. Oh, I think took them way off guard. So she did the interviews. And he was saying, all, you know, these camera guys and everything, they were, their families were telling them to bring holy water to the interview. Oh, <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. He, he, was, he was really friendly, though. He was joking around. They're, like His coworkers were asking him whether or not they thought it was a good idea that he come down to Tucson to interview us. And, yeah, the holy water was mentioned. So um, one of them came to my house, and he was extremely disappointed <laughs> to not find, like, a shrine to Satan or something. <laughs> you know, like, I had, like we did the interview in my spare room, and it had, like, flowered wallpaper <laughs> and stuff. So the only demon he could get in the entire house was, like, a figurine from, like, Dark Souls. So. Oh. <laughs> Or Darksiders, one of those games. It was yeah. my husband's figurine, but yeah, that that, that that was what he got, and my pendant. So, yeah. And then, it, <laughs> actually, this is kind of an interesting uh, part of it. Is I had kind of more of a liberal uh, newspaper come to my house, and I got Satan shit everywhere. I, I do have a shrine <laughs> of Baphomet. I do have flags, Satanic <laughs> Temple logos. I got. I have a, a giant goat head on my wall. I mean, it's like I've got all that stuff, and they actually downplayed it. Uh-huh. Saying, oh, you couldn't even tell walking in that he was a Satanist. And I'm like, really? <laughs> it reminded her of a yoga studio with the smell of spicy vanilla incense. I was going to oh, leave that wow. part out. All the metal points I'm going to lose from this, but that's what she said. What did, spicy what did, vanilla incense. What did they think of your uh, tea party, don't tread on me snake behind you there? That's not a... Oh, no, no. That's not a Gadsden, is it? No, 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 no. no. no that's, not a, that's actually a, a wood burning by a local tattoo artist. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's my that's my Luciferian wood burning where it ate a little chicken. You can see that. Okay, yeah, I, I see something was inside of it. I, I, like to, I like to tease all of our guests to, for being Tea Party members, even though I know they're not. <laughs> I don't know, why, I don't know I mean, why I think that's funny, but. I would say that our chapter in particular is a little more libertarian just because that's kind of the culture here. Yeah. Um, so there is that, you know, if you ask every chapter, I think, you know, if you go to the East Coast or West Coast, um, they're going to have a little more different uh, political slant. But here, I mean, in Arizona, every pot smoking hippie has got a machine gun. You know, it's, it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. a different culture. Yeah. I think that's probably true of here, too. Well, kind of going back yeah, to what. Yeah, you guys are West. 
Yeah, yeah. he's probably got that same thing going on. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I had a guy drive from Arizona to buy a machine gun from me. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> kind of tying back to what Matt asked you earlier, uh, what do you guys say to to other atheists who say that you? as Satanists are giving atheism a bad name because you're just confirming what Christians know and fear about atheists in the first place. Mm -hmm. We're non-theistic. That's another way to put it. I I think is maybe the separation. Is Um, it? So that sounds lawyery to me. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let me me answer that quickly. We don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean, we're, Satanism was not meant to be a popular religion. Yeah. People keep asking us, hey, are you going to, you know, don't you think using Satan is like, you know, getting people turned off by your message? Don't you want to bring more people in? I'm like, if you don't get the message, if you don't get the metaphor, we don't want you because, yeah. you know, we, we expect you to do your research. We expect you to look up this shit and understand the nuances. Like we can't spoon feed it to you. And if you can't come to that conclusion yourself, <laughs> then it's, you know, it, you're not a Satanist. You need to be able to think for yourself. And so, yeah, we don't care. Yeah. They get turned off about why Satan, you know, it's, it's, it's dark. It's rebellious. It's what attracted us to Satanism probably, you know, at a much younger age when we first discovered it. Um, well, we were, you know, with rituals and, you know, psychodrama, like it's definitely like theatrics. When you, when you, and when you embrace being the outlier or the scapegoat, that's not for everybody, and we don't want it to be for everybody. So I, I, it's, it's just it's funny to me when e- both sides, atheists or Christians, are like, wouldn't you get more members if? And I'm already like, stop right there. <laughs> we don't recruit. We don't convert. You find it on your own or you don't. And we could care less if you if you agree with it or not, and we don't have to justify ourselves. So when the atheists don't like us, my, my response is, that's fine. Don't. We'll still we're fight not, for your rights anyway. We're, we're not a populist group. We're just not a populist group. Hmm. We're not going for numbers. It's 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 quality. Like we want people that understand. We don't want to Google it for you. That's another big <laughs> thing that happens a lot. We get so many questions on every forum across the board where we're like, I don't want to Google this for you. Read a book, think about <laughs> it, and, and if you like it, great. And if you don't, great. <laughs> huh. So there's a there's an there's an intentional in your faceness, a uh, uh, um, a metal angle, as you might say. I, I like that. I, th- I think it's I, yeah. I think it's part of it. Well, but the whole and, and you know, if you go back even to the to the satanic Bible, the the first the first chapter, of the book of Satan, it's it's a warning gate. It's it's flamboyant. It's over the top. It's offensive. It's blasphemous, especially mm. for the times. Mm. And it's kind of like if this is repulsive to you, then put the book down. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody's you forcing you to read this shit. Yeah, we're, don't waste your time. Um. So yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I think it's been described, and it's the same as kind of like Wiccan. It kind of has some of this aspect as well, where mm-hmm. we call it a coming home religion, where when you find it, you're the most people that ad- adhere to this or or identify as a Satanist. When they find it, they're kind of like, oh shit, I've always thought this way. I I never <laughs> thought it would be called Satanism. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's like welcome. We've all thought this way the whole time. We also yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you, you you definitely feel like you have found your people. Oh, it's th- that sense of community to me. If you were to ask one to, to name one thing that makes this religion more than anything else, it's the sense of community I never had as an atheist. Yeah, we are, we are family. We are family, and it feels like family every time we meet other other chapters. But yeah, 
and not just, I mean, not just Satanism in particular though, because before, you know, like online before the internet, I mean, it was nearly impossible to connect with people. And even then the most popular satanic organization, you know, they charged a $200 membership. Like, you know, I, I did not feel connected to that group at all. The satanic temple is accessible. We're yeah. everywhere. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. You yeah. want to talk to us? Come find us. Come to one of our meetings. We have events. You know, we're fighting for this. And, you know, we may not, you know, take every activist cause under the satanic temple umbrella because, you know, we're specific. But, you know, our, our members are still passionate and they'll go to a rally with you. They'll start a charity with you. They want to make a difference. And I think that's the biggest difference I've noticed in the satanic temple satanists are not it's just members of the satanic temple are awesome and they they want to help and they want to make a difference so that to heck with people who say we're not a religion because i've never felt more connected like to humanity as i do now yeah that's a good way to put it yeah we were all kind of you know floating around x-wings floating around the death star and now we got a unit hmm uh, nice. I, I was noticing yeah. your Millennium Falcon there in the background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just put up, actually. <laughs> is, is that the Lego one? No. No. I, I, okay. Is it? Is I don't know. I can't. I can't. There, very little detail in here. I just know I saw I, thought I saw the Lego one online. Oh, that thing's like $600. I, I got a new housemate, and he worked at Toys R Us for six years, so I got all kinds of cool shit up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Badass. Well, I, I wanted to go back real quick to... Uh, offering the invocation there in Arizona. Has that been resolved? Have you guys been able to offer an invocation there yet? No, we have not. They, um, it was, uh, it was an emergency meeting that they scheduled. They said no invocations whatsoever. Cool. We were happy with that. Everybody wins. Then they had another meeting and then they instated a ordinance for chaplains, uh, from this, uh, police department or fire department can only give the invocations. Um, we haven't really followed up with the Phoenix invocation because the Scottsdale invocation also tanked and it was a much easier thing to pursue. So what's interesting about this legally is what the Phoenix adopted was an, was a, what we call what I'm calling the legislative system where in the state legislatures, you can have a chaplain system. The issue, of course, is most chaplains are Judeo Christian. Mm. That's just the way it is. Sure. Or yeah, there aren't, there aren't many Satanist chaplains, yeah. right? Right. Right. But the Supreme Court said that's legitimate. Now, applying it to the city council, we just don't know. That would be a fair, our first impression. There's no precedent on that. So it would be a much harder thing to challenge because, facially, on its face, it's, con- it's constitutional. The question is, is it unconstitutional as applied? Of course, we think it's un- unconstitutional as applied, but we also don't want to make bad case law where if we challenge that and they decide otherwise, we basically ruined it for everybody. Uh, then then ac- across the board, that's going to be the rule. In Scottsdale, Arizona, however, which I might add was the biggest contributor to Trump uh, in the uh, entire nation. Uh, yeah. Snobsdale. Uh, they basically told us to go <laughs> fuck ourselves. They yeah. were like, get lost. Oh, really? So, they like they so, gave you no legal... No, they were like... 
and and it was funny because they're they're kind of like, well, this is the way it's always been done, which is really hilarious. To they me. said we didn't contribute enough to their community. That that was kind of what they were. They had a pretext. Basically, they made a pretextual thing. You're not from Scottsdale. You know, residency oh. restrictions don't fly when it comes to the First Amendment. There's a number of issues there. So if we're going to pursue a lawsuit, it's going to be there. There's still time. There's no rush on these things. Um, we're not trying to go in half cocked, so to speak, guns blazing. We're going to research this. We're going to figure out the best strategy. We have other things going on. Mm. We're trying to see if this is worth pursuing in the, in the scale of what we're doing nationally. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. And what freedom means in, in this religious context with the Satanists, they can practice that if they want to. They're free to do that. What they're they're not free to to go ahead and display what they uh, they're evil at a state capital. You you don't have that freedom. You don't have that right. We don't have to let you do that. Just, Christianity has earned the right not in the not in the dark ages, but in this country, they have earned the right to be at the table. This is Matt Dillahunty, and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. The next rant will start right after this. Uh, but uh, atheists and people say, oh, I don't believe in the devil. Well, it doesn't matter if you believe in the devil or not. There are people who rule the planet who believe in the devil. There are humans who believe in it and who are manifesting it. You got that, Mac? It's real one way or the other. Period. Satan is real. Period. Period. End of story. And it's manifesting. Now, what are you going to do about it? You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. So, with the recent installment of our dictator, are you guys going to be ramping up stuff with uh, TST as far as trying to go after a lot of the actions, a lot of the stuff that they're trying to go up with the uh, uh, religious rights? Here's the thing, and and this is this has been a tough position for us since the election. We had this surge of membership, and the reason is. We're not a partisan group, and this is why we keep getting called like a liberal trolls because we don't like the Trump, not for Trump. We don't like the policies. We don't like that his vice president is an outspoken theocrat. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't like that the people they put in power, you know, Pruitt, who we've combated before mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, Pence, yeah, Sessions, Sessions. These are people that are theocrats. Yep. And people are like, oh, you're you're an anti-Trump group. No, it's just the people that happen to be there are theocrats. So it is going to appear that way, but it's it's not a Republican-Democrat thing. If Democrats had these people, we would be in the same position. Um, yeah, but they, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, they never would, right? I mean, but uh, you, you guys have your own thing. I'm, yes I'm, no. I'm a progressive liberal. <laughs> I hate Trump. I, I hate his whole cabinet. And I don't, I just don't think that I don't, whatever. But yeah, you guys have an important niche there that that you know doesn't. It, Matt goes to extremes. Yeah, I'm extreme. <laughs> I'm far oh, left. The, the most. Hard left. <laughs> you know, she wants to make this this uh, voucher system that gives the Christian school. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a poli- I want to make a very clear point that this is a matter of policy, not partisan politics. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, and, and but it's like, well, you 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 packed the fucking house. With theocrats, yeah, we're going to combat this administration, but it's not an anti-Republican thing. It's an yeah. anti-theocrat thing. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction, but it's still a, a distinction that serves with the current administration. Sure. And all of the bullshit that they're pulling. Yeah. 
Yep. And they're phony Christians. I mean, these people aren't even real Christians. No. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Which, this is why I don't understand why moderate Christians aren't super pissed off about it. Because he's, you know, he's still going to push their agenda regardless. I is think, it their agenda, though? I mean, yeah. there's questions about that. They don't know. That's why. They, they have no fucking idea what's going on. <laughs> That's why. Moderate, moderate Christians have no fucking idea what's happening. That's probably well, true. They showed up and they voted. I And I know somebody that told me this. I voted for Trump because I just think that he falls in more in line than him. And I know for a fact, I've been talking to her for like a year and a half leading up to it. She had no idea about anything that was going on. And I guarantee she hasn't paid attention to anything since. You know, she just did what her parents were doing, whatever her neighbors were doing, all that. And she's a, she's a moderate. She's a moderate. They, they don't, they don't, I mean, the sample's the size of one, right? But, but I'm just saying <laughs> it still holds true. God damn it. <laughs> Extrapolate everybody. Well, no, emotional, but, emotionalism is overtaking rationalism. And I think that's the sure. frustration. No matter which yeah. camp you are sure. in the non-theistic atheist, we, we're rationalists. When, whatever camp you're in, you're rationalist if you're not in that side of it. So whatever your opinion is, if it's if it's based on just appeals to emotion, we're not on board with it. This reactionary bullshit, um, we can't be on board with it. It's not partisan. That's what I want to keep yeah. pointing out. It's just mm. this is what's happening right now. And I feel like the left's gone off the deep end too. Frankly, you know, when you're burning down your own fucking college campus because a guy don't like us speaking, I think that's wrong too. And that's just like my opinion, man. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. I agree. Sure, I agree. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think it is reactionary. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you were concerned about any professional blowback from your association with TSD. Has there been any blowback for either of you personally in your professions? Oh, in our own personal lives. Yeah, in your personal lives or professions. Is there? Um. Well, I mean, we definitely received a lot of vitriol uh, since becoming public chapter heads of the Satanic Temple Arizona. Um, Stu and I, I mean, we don't hide behind fake names. We were already like public figures before TST came into our lives. So, you know, I mean, personally, I've been more careful, you know, I, you know, I've definitely had to tone down, um, what things I, you know, post online, you know, not giving away certain details and definitely being more aware of who my audience is. What about professionally um, though? Did it hurt you professionally though? Professional modeling. And stuff. Well, it did hurt my modeling, and I mean, it, it, that modeling was going to die anyway. I mean, I finally decided to take a hiatus to focus on TST. But yeah, last year, you know, my modeling did go down um, a lot. You know, I was I used to get a lot of photo shoots, requests for photo shoots, um, and then they kind of just stopped. You know, like there there were very you know very few and far between. And but I'm, I'm kind of glad. You know, it's. It, 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 it led to where I needed today. So I just worry when I finally decide to go back into a normal job where I'm not self-employed that how this will affect me. So that's, but you know, that's, it, there's laws against that, right? You know, well, well, I was, well, I'll, I'll say this. I was more shocked. I was more, I was personally more shocked by how Michelle was affected than myself because she's an alternative model in my worldview, I would have thought that this would have actually bolstered her her modeling career. Yeah, I would have thought the same thing. Mm. Like she's an alternative model. She's got the image, you know, and when she when that was happening, I was I, I was kind of kind of distraught by it. I was like, 
you of anybody should have been bolstered by this, you know, right. like an alternative model, like who, who else would be bolstered? I'd be, you know, part of the satanic temple, but it, it just goes to show how this affects, you know, how ingrained this is in society yeah. that even an alternative model can, can suffer from this. And well, yeah, I mean, it's it's not as if Michelle was a Christian model before, and then her association right. with TST is going to damage that. I mean, like you said, she's an alternative model. I I would have imagined that this would have made things better for her professionally. Yeah, and that's exactly yeah, that's exactly how I thought. So I, that actually made me really distraught because you know when something like that's happening, you know, she and I are partners in this. I mean, this is my biggest colleague and supporter, and watching that that suffered, I'm like, shit, who's safe then if they join us? You know. Who's safe if they right. identify with this? If even an a, a, a you know successful alternative model is 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 hurting from this, who's safe? And for and my you did too. I mean, you you sacrificed a lot. You know, being a lawyer, like oh, this is my legacy now. I mean, I the, the funny thing is that the judges who understand the law, you know, they see what we're doing and they're like. We don't even care about your position. You're in the right legally. So they kind of respected <laughs> me taking that risk. You know, like, they don't have to agree with me, but they're like, yeah, we see what you're doing. This is an establishment clause thing. Like, you know, it's kind of the good fight. Um, and I feel like a lot of this community are secular Jews that are kind of sick of this shit too, you know, of, of this, this domination, this religious privilege of not, and I'm not just saying Christians, I'm saying right wing evangelical Christians. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I want to make that distinction. We've got no, We've got no quarrel with religious people, but when you've got this right-wing, basically fascist evangelical camp that's trying to take away people's rights, that's trying to dominate the conversation, that's just trying to yell the loudest and be the only ones whose rights are respected, that's what we're fighting, and that's not the mainstream. I mean, these are fringe people that have been given positions of power that's affecting all of us, and I, I really want to make that distinction with what we're fighting. And, and you know, people that are secular or modern Christians or Jews, especially in the legal community, they're all on the same side, really, or the secular community. They're going, you know, this is bullshit. I'm glad someone's at least fighting this. You know, I have to agree with you, but... Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Everyone knows me as the Satanist lawyer now, every judge, every prosecutor, <laughs> but... You know, has it affected me? I can't. I frankly can't say yet. I don't know. I think you're, you're going to go on to bigger and better things, Stu. This... Well, I have a long game in this, and I, and I hope... I hope I can make a practice out of this, but it is a little scary right now, to be honest. Yeah. So what, what is the long game? I would like to be a civil rights attorney. Um, it's awesome. kind of that, it's kind of that dream that a lot of, you know, when I, everyone that goes to law school wants to be a civil rights attorney, but unfortunately there are about six of those ever. And they were in the 1970s and they did all the cases. Uh, <laughs> it's very hard to do there. These cases are often expensive. You lose. Uh, and the people you're fighting for don't have any money, which, mm kind of used to that as a criminal defense attorney, but this is like the next level because these are high profile, potentially expensive cases against big municipalities that mm -hmm. can outspend you probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you're fighting the good fight, man. And I fucking admire the shit out of you for it. Yep. Me too. Well, thank you. It is, it is a risk. I'm, I'm yeah. working on it and uh, I'm dedicated, you know, and, and that's a lot of us in this and whatever aspect we're in, we've got artists, you know, we've got all manner of demographics in this thing and everyone that I've met, that's really into it is super dedicated. And that's really what I appreciate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, we may not personally agree a hundred percent, but it's that huge chunk of things that we do agree on. That's important. And, um, I got one, I got one more thing for you. I don't know if I don't want to take up all your time, but I, I, I do want to ask you what your main goal is for the TSTAZ. AZ. AZ. Oh, 
Arizona. Uh, do you have an answer? Come on, that? Ryan. <laughs> I think we, so. have, we have a couple of goals. I mean, we have, you know, a couple of lawsuits in the works that, you know, Stu's kind of spearheading that. We hope those go well. We hope to get enough funding to push for all of those with the invocation one, the after school Satan one may end up in a lawsuit as well. And yeah, and then we have the charity, you know, we have charities trying to do good within their community, trying to get members to all of the corners of the state, you know, get more people involved. I, I, I've thought of this just as part of the long game too, where I, I personally, I have three different goals. I'd mm-hmm. say there is a, there's a political legal goal. Make sure that we're not disenfranchised, make sure that our rights are respected as a community. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's hard. That takes money and legal action and it's risky. The second one, we do civic actions. Michelle spearheaded the menstruating with Satan campaign. Um, <laughs> that was highly popular. She put this all together with our members were, you want, you want to explain that? Yeah. Um, so it was an idea that was first implemented by the Boston chapter. Um, it went really well for him and it was, you know, a campaign that was approved by national. So any, of the chapters can partake in that, you know, at any time. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, got some people riled up. We got a couple of locations in Tucson. We got one in Phoenix. And what Menstruating with Satan does is we collect donations for uh, women that cannot afford menstrual pads, tampons, men- menstrual cups, anything to do with that time of the month. Oh, very cool. So we hand these donations out to the YWCA, they have a project period campaign, which is specific to this very thing. <laughs> and, you know, they're very open, uh, all encompassing. Like when I vetted which charity we were going to go with, we wanted somebody that was LGBT friendly. And luckily the, the YWCA of Southern Arizona is pretty liberal. They had like a giant LGBT flag on the homepage. And I'm just like, yeah, these guys. So it ended up being really good meeting the project coordinator. Uh, they knew exactly who we were. They're like satanic temple. I know all about you. You guys are great. <laughs> so that, it made me really proud because it was extremely difficult, you know, just getting people to be on board as a business, you know, hosting our donation boxes, you know, all, although it was for a good cause, um, you know, just having the box may deter some of their customers or turn up, you know, they didn't want that backlash. So, you know, all of our, uh, donate our drop boxes, they're graciously hosted by three, uh, businesses here in Tucson and soon to be one in Phoenix. And, and part of the thing with this is it's, it's a statement in a number of ways, you know, we, we have no moral judgment against the LGBT community. We, we have no moral judgment against anybody that's part of being a Satanist. But, you know, there, there's this thing, this unknown thing where, you know, when you're a low income person and you, and you have your period and you can't afford feminine products, you have to leave work. You have to leave school. You know, these are these are things that affect people. And, right. and we're saying there's no shame in this. We're going to help out. But to me, the secondary purpose of the Satanic Temple is for our chapter is these civic things are actually very fulfilling to do. I mean, we went and we, we built a shed 
I mean, I'm, I'm like a guy that's avoided manual labor my entire life. And like, I was out there screwing things together and he's, it felt good. You know, it was like a team building exercise. We built the shed. We're going to put some feminine products in there. There's no, you know, it's, you know, the whole good without God concept. It's yeah. like, if you need, if you need the threat of eternal damnation to do something good, go fuck yourself. You know, that's kind of our thing too. Where, you know, we're going to do this because this is the right thing to do and it feels good. And, it was it was very team building, and then the sun came out, and I recoiled like a <laughs> <laughs> like some kind of orc. And then um, you know, so that's the secondary thing. There's the civic duties, and they've been uh, very popular with the community. Yeah, it makes them feel more involved, just because you know we can only throw so many events and gatherings, you know, with with you know our schedules permitting, and you know at least these things are ongoing so we have like a continuous presence within the community and not just these random parties every once in a while and people can get involved you know they can contribute or they can come help us build the thing or whatever but thirdly and one of the things to me that's been the most personally satisfying is i've seen people connect on our on our form you know people that you know might not have that many friends that are like-minded all of a sudden the next thing I know they're planning a D and D game, you know, <laughs> on our forum. And they're like, Hey, does anyone want to play D and D? And all of a sudden you get all these, these people together that I've never met and they wouldn't have met otherwise that are like, Hey, these are like-minded people. Yeah, yeah. They have brunches. Yeah. There's brunches, you know, it's like, Hey, cool band t-shirt. Let's go to a show, you know, people that wouldn't have met otherwise. So, <laughs> you know, I, I love watching that happen on our forum and it's, yeah. it's yeah. you know, it's, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's small, but it means a lot to me where I'm like, these people would have never found each other, but through this community. And now they're going to shows together. People are finding romance. They're finding people to play video games with, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's that community. I love that community. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite aspects of, of being in the counterculture. You know, you, for so long, people feel like they're the only one or that they're alone or there's so few people or they'll never find anybody that they'll be able to look at a group of people and say, I've found my people. I've found my home. I've found a group of friends, uh, a group of people that I want to hang out with and associate with and who share similar ideas about the world around me and have similar tastes in things and likes and dislikes and people that I can just fucking hang out with and not have to worry about all of the God bothering bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's non-judgmental. We're all we're all the outcasts in our own way and in, in different ways too, which is another interesting thing. You know, one one person is very outcast in a very different way someone else is, you know, but we all understand what that feels like. We know what it's like to be the outlier and I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I think that covers my my question that I was going to ask you both about what was your favorite moment as far as being associated with the Satanic Temple. It sounds like for Michelle, it was the menstruating with Satan. <laughs> and for you, Stu, it's the community building. Yeah, I mean... Favorite, favorite moment? moment? No. <laughs> you know mine? Don't say it out loud. I don't know what you're going to say. Something <laughs> <laughs> bad. The Satanic Mass. Oh my that goodness. That was the best moment. Oh, that was that the best looked awesome. Yeah. Ever because I mean How many of us were there on, up there doing the, the actual I don't know like 10 there 13? Were like, there were like 10 of us from nationally for the Satanic Temple and and it was great that Michelle and I were both up there cuz it was like two of the 10 were from Arizona, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So so for and, people who aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about this. Where where was it held and when and Okay, so the Satanic Mass was hosted by the Los Angeles chapter. It was held at Das Bunker sometime. It was January 16th, and a bunch of us from all over the country, chapter heads from Florida, Utah was there, from Atlanta, uh, 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 and then, you know, all the L.A. people that, you know, we met up 
in LA for this particular event, people we've probably would never have met otherwise. And, you know, meeting somebody that has fought alongside you for the same cause has gotten the exact same death threats, exact same sacrifices that you've made for the cause. And, you know, to meet them and to hug them and shake their hand, it was extremely rewarding just to be with people that you considered family long before you guys ever met. Yeah, it felt like they were your best friends immediately. And I want to give specifically props to William Morrison and Allie Kellogg. Yeah. Ellie Kellogg is the chapter head of LA. She did an amazing job and she worked her ass off and she stayed up for days putting this together. And she threw the most amazing and biggest satanic mass that the world's ever seen. And, and it, Michelle and I got to be there on stage with, you know, there were 10 of us, you know, Chalice was there and Shiva from Detroit, Shiva from Detroit, uh, Fred Mephisto of Atlanta, Bro, uh, Sebastian, Sebastian from Florida. I mean, it was like, like Steve all these Hill people, was there. All these people that we talked to online for, you know, over a year, like together on the stage, we got to give this, this invocation essentially. And that, that was probably my favorite moment. Yeah. And it was a packed house. Like yeah. people, as far as you can see, it was, a, it was absolutely surreal. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember the name of the celebrity that you, Stu, got a picture with. Um, fuck it. He's, he's on a show. Oh, on, the comedian, oh. uh, not, uh, oh, Camille, 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 not Gianni. Camille, and that, that was the funniest thing, too, because he's actually friends with uh, one of the chapter heads, the, the guy from Florida. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking at him, and I point at him. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, he's a famous actor. And I'm like, I know he is. He's like, you want me to introduce you? And I was like, fanboying. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he was totally cool. And he starts out, you know, he was asking us about Satanism, and he was telling us how, you know, this he likes to go to cool, unique things that are out of his element. And I'm like, yeah. That's rad. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> Super cool guy. Yeah, it's, we talked for a while and, and it was great to see. You know, it's, you're in LA. It's like everyone, half of everyone walking around is fucking rock star of some sort, you know? Right. Yeah, that was cool. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to mention before we let you go? Any other campaigns that you're working on? Any Anything that we should keep an eye out for in the future? Any plugs, anything? Well, I mean, we're doing a couple small things for the Arizona people. We're doing a camping trip. We're actually going to reenact the destruction ritual that Ellie Kellogg wrote, which is about destroying physical objects in your life that bring you emotional pain, but you just can't let go of. Those old love letters, that thing that an ex gave you that every time you see it, you feel the pain, but you keep it on your shelf for 10 years. We're giving it a, <laughs> it was a ritual we have where you destroy that shit. And uh, Surrounding a, a beautiful evening campfire. And the Arizona summer night, and followed by s'mores. <laughs> Very satanic. Awesome. Satan and Satan, <laughs> Satan and, del and delights. We like to live deliciously. Live deliciously. <laughs> Destruction and deliciousness. So, for those who would like to get involved with with the Satanic Temple there in Arizona, how would they do so? What's the best way to contact you guys? You can contact us through our Facebook page. Uh, you can message us, or you can also find a contact form on our website, the Satanic Temple Arizona.com. But we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Um, you know, we, you know, we're very accessible, and I run the social media, so it, I, I try to get to everybody in a timely manner. Excellent. I will be sure to post links to all of those in the show notes for this episode. Thank well, you. thank you both for joining us tonight. This was yes. awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. Definitely enjoyed chatting with you guys. We'll have to have you on again sometime in the future. 
Oh, it's ever changing. So we we always uh, have stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys enjoy the rest of your evening, and thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. All right, Bye. we'll talk to you later. That was awesome. That was very cool. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you. Well, that'll about wrap it up here. I think this week's all done. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> That's our show closer? Oh. Yes, sir. I, I had was going to go. I had to stop the recording and start a new thing for a show closer and instantly, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> That's what you picked? I was going to go along with it. <laughs> I will I will let you do the closing next time and start it off and shit, man. <laughs> uh, no, that was fine. I think it's fun. Uh, uh <laughs> Thank you all. Good night, Meow. Thank you all very, very much for listening. Uh, remember, next week we will have Yvette Detremont on the show, the Cy Babe. Yeah. That should be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. She's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to thank Stu DeHaan and Michelle Short for coming on the show tonight. Definitely. They were so much yeah. fun to talk yeah, to. Yeah, that was awesome. They were really awesome. Yeah. I had a whole lot of fun with them. A uh, lot of fun kind of off air in the background. At mm-hmm. the end of the interview, too. Yeah, that's guys, super cool. Thank you so much for coming on yeah. the show. Love all of the stuff that you're doing with the Satanic Temple. Keep up the great work. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Also want to throw some more love at our Patreon patrons. Christy, Andrew, Wesley, Utah Outcasts, Andy, Taylor, Grant, and Savage. Thank you all so much for your contribution to the show. If yep. you would also like to contribute to the show, you or contribute. Or contribute, whichever one. Or contribute. <laughs> it's kind of where you give us contraband. <laughs> you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution and signing up to pay as little as $1 per episode. And then you get extra things from us and ad-free stuff and an extended show and all kinds of fancy fun stuff. And you let us know that you appreciate what we're doing and we love you for doing that. Yeah. It helps if, the show go. If you can't afford to do that, please go rate the show on iTunes or various other outlets. On iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else you are getting the show. Share it with your friends. If you like the show, share it with your friends. If you hate the show, give it to your enemies. <laughs> I think that's all I had. I I didn't have anything. Mm-mm. No? Ryan's just an assholder. <laughs> I am. Well, an assholder and a button pusher. I'm, I'm the scheduler and note taker. Mm-hmm. Editor. Yeah, that's what we do each week, and we love you all for it. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Sweet. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I, you know, we talk about this all the time. There's, there's so many episodes we have out there floating around that every once in a while I'll just remember it like a fucking ex girlfriend. I'll be like, God damn it. People can just download that whenever they want. <laughs> what about the interwebs? Hello, my name is Michelle Short. I'm the chap. <laughs> Hello, my name is Michelle Short. I'm co-chapter head for the Arizona chapter in Arizona. For the Arizona chapter in Arizona. <laughs> you can find us on the series of tubes on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> You're so close. I was so close. <laughs>